Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current from Monday, April 25th. Last week, Vice President Kamala Harris was back home in the Bay Area for a tightly orchestrated, close-to-the-public event on black women's maternal health. Part of a West Coast swing for the Vice President, President Biden, even former President Barack Obama, who spoke at Stanford. It comes as midterm election campaigns ramp up, with Democrats playing defense, facing brutal poll numbers, and staring down the likelihood of a Trumpier-than-ever Republican Party taking control of Congress this November, both the House and the Senate. For Vice President Harris, it was a rare trip home to the Bay. And even here, she's, to put it delicately, unpopular right now. The trend tracks with her abysmal national poll numbers. But just why is Vice President Harris so unpopular? Nice to catch up with our KCBS Radio Insider, Phil Mateer. And Phil, I thought you were the perfect person to kind of gain some perspective on uh, the conversation we're having today about Vice President Kamala Harris, Bay Area product. She's from Oakland. She served as uh, city attorney for San Francisco. And she's a very familiar known name and quantity here in the Bay Area. Specifically, this is part of a larger trip out west for the vice president. She was in Southern California yesterday. And as we record this today on Thursday, she's here in the Bay Area at UCSF to talk about one of her pet issues, maternal health, something she spoke about as a candidate uh, for president and then as vice president on the ticket with Joe Biden. But this is a rare trip out to the Bay Area, her home. And it's rare, really, for a lot of Democrats to come out here, isn't it? Yes, it is, because it's a tricky situation. When you're uh, parachuting into San Francisco, you never know what you're going to get. Now, you would think that being the bluest of blue areas, that it would be an open arms, and it would be a big public affair, and you know, possibly even have you know a, an outdoor or an indoor speaking event and that. Instead, what we've seen in recent years is more and more control, sort of a lockdown. Um, they're worried about San Francisco, and with good reason. I mean, you have to remember that in November of 2013, then-President Obama came to San Francisco to talk about dreamers and immigration, and he wound up being heckled. Mm. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, was an embarrassment. And then all, I remember in September of 2017, I was down in the Bayview uh, at an event uh, where House uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi was talking again about dreamers. 
and a parade of, of uh, dreamers came in uh, on Pearl Banners and basically heckled and shouted her down for a good half hour, almost holding her hostage. That's not the kind of image you want to be sending out. So while we are a blue area, it's tough to get, you know, the control that you're looking for. The only last time I remember somebody coming in, a Democrat coming in and attracting a, a legitimate crowd outside was was Bernie Sanders. And that was, you know, at the height of the Trump era when we were anti-Trump. And it was easier then to sort of coalesce people. But in San Francisco, you, like I said, you never quite know what you're going to get. And let's also be honest, even in the Bay Area, Harris's poll numbers are not that grand. Nationwide, the most recent Real Clear politics polls, the one I'll cite, has her at a 40% unfavorable rating, 53, or excuse me, a 40% favorable rating, 53% unfavorable. And how does that track with Vice President Biden? Well, it's about 3% lower than Vice President Biden, who is at an unfavorable of 53% and a favorable rating of 42%. Uh, you mentioned a lot of the challenges that all of us are, are dealing with. The entire nation's dealing with inflation. There are questions and uncertainty about the the European ground war, um, any number of, of problems. Why is Kamala Harris feeling the brunt of it? Well, that's, that is a mystery, I, I've got to say, because I would normally say, well, she's the first black woman vice president, and you've got to put that into the equation. Some people are just not going to like her. You've got big red state resentment about anybody in there and add in a woman and such, and that could have something to do with it. But, you know, we have to look at the, the numbers, and the numbers nationally aren't good for the president or the vice president, but even here in the Bay Area, Vice President Harris is, uh, and in California, she's at 35 to 38 percent and uh, approval rating and a negative rating of 45 percent. Biden statewide is 50 percent uh, negative and uh, um, approved, 50 percent approved and 40 percent negative. That's according to the latest uh, UC Berkeley uh, Institute of Government Studies poll, which is nonpartisan. So they're not doing well. And those numbers, I talked with pollster Mark DiCamillo, he said those numbers are even in the Bay Area. So what we have is a, a situation where people aren't happy with things around them. They're not necessarily happy with what they're seeing in Washington for various reasons. It could be either, as you we pointed out, it could be that they're too far to the left by some people's standards. By other people's standards, they're too far to the right. By some people's standards, they're doing too much. By some people's standards, they're doing too little. But it's interesting that in, in the hometown state where you would think that Kamala Harris would be above Joe Biden. Uh, she's not. And, you know, this has been a problem with her ever since she went on the national stage. Uh, she is a, a great image. She sold a lot of T-shirts early on. She ran for president. Uh, she was the leader of the resistance for a while there. She made a big splash in Oakland, drawing some 20,000 people when she announced uh, for running for president. But within a couple of months, uh, she dropped out of the race uh, and was polling at less than 10 percent here in California. She didn't even make it to Iowa. So in some ways, there is this gap between like her perceived popularity and notoriety in California and the reality. And even though she was district attorney of San Francisco, attorney general for the state of California and U.S. senator, oddly enough, in politics, you don't get the feeling that you actually know someone. 
Isn't that strange? I mean, I mean, they've been around. They're in your public life, as opposed to something, believe it or not, like Donald Trump, who was on The Apprentice, and everyone felt that they know him. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the movies, and everybody felt they know knew them, and and had a reaction to it. Politicians are just terribly tough to get a crowd for. It's not easy. So instead of going for crowds, what they do is they go for controlled situations, like we're seeing in this recent visit by Kamala Harris, you go to uh, UCSF, you sit down at a round table, you talk about black maternal health, and you get out before anybody heckles you or people notice that a lot of people aren't paying attention. And that's so interesting, especially with Vice President Harris. You think of politics as such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, right? Yeah. And, and she had these moments leading up to the 2020 presidential race as Senator Harris. Think of the Kavanaugh hearings. Think of uh, the Bill Barr confirmation hearings. She had these brief moments in the spotlight where she it was great PR and, and press for her. But it seems like she was never able to capitalize on that. So maybe that explains some of the disconnect, why people feel like they don't know her. I don't know. What I'm interested to to ask you is, how does what we're seeing with her favorability numbers or lack thereof, how does that track with her time as a politician here in the Bay Area? Well, it's it's interesting. It's you pointed out a very uh, important sort of phenomenon in recent politics, the moment. Uh, I can't tell you how many consultants during Kamala's, you know, hearings, appearances and stuff like that, you know, they would edit her comments. They would send them out on Twitter. They would, you know, generate buzz. That was the thing. Buzz. The moment. Here in the moment. She had a moment. She had a moment when she said to Joe Biden in the debate, I was the little girl on the bus that was uh, that was desegregating schools. Yeah. Uh, that was her moment. Everybody had these moments, but that doesn't translate into momentum. Right. For 48 hours, she is the center of the universe. But then, you know, our attention span as a nation being what it is, it's an afterthought beyond that 48 hours. Yes. How does she penetrate? Moments are not momentum. Mm. Okay, You can have your moments, but you have to have momentum. You have to have something going for it. Right. Barack Obama was an incredible pop phenomenon. He had a book. He was he, he only had two years in the Senate, but he had momentum going as he entered the race. This was a phenomenon. Uh, Harris didn't. She had a collection of moments, and they didn't string together necessarily all that well. And in all honesty, she would be back in the Senate, and I'm not sure we'd be paying that much attention to her had not Joe Biden said she's going to be the vice presidential uh, nominee. Again, we had the moments. We, she continues to have moments, but she doesn't have momentum. And the way you get momentum is you have to follow through and get things done. And in her role, People, she can't point to a lot of things that she's gotten done, right? There's not a roadway she can point to. There's not a, a program she can point to. That's the nature of how she's traveled the road. There, she doesn't have a lot to point to. And so she relies on moments. And if you don't have the moments, you drop. In the context of her vice presidency, how much of that is owed to her and her staff? Or how much is of that is attributable to the way that the Biden administration has deployed and used her. Have they done her any disservices? You know, I, I find it interesting. This is the great paradox here, is that Kamala Harris was the first African-American vice president, uh, female, 
And that's very historic. But historically, the vice president's job has been to do nothing. Right. I mean, yeah. in the history of the vice presidency, with the exception of Dick Cheney, most modern vice presidents weren't held in great esteem. You didn't hear like, you know, Pence, Quayle, Mondale. <laughs> Those are not great names headed for Mount Rushmore. Um, you don't necessarily give them big projects. But unfortunately for uh, uh, Harris, not when she has had moments, she hasn't had good moments. She can has a laugh that's a nervous laugh that when she does have a moment on TV cannot come across very well. Uh, sometimes her following her sentences can get very confusing. She still uh, is a bit gun shy on interviews, uh, on tough questions. And part of that is the product of the job. When you're a senator or a freestanding politician, you get to say what you think. When you're the vice president, you have to think about what it is you're saying because it's all about packaging the president. It's a very difficult job. It's not necessarily one that has a great future, but it's one that she's taken, and she knows that, and it's going to be tough. And uh, the Biden administration isn't doing all that well nationally on poll numbers, which are subject to change, And but it is surprising that they're doing as badly in California. Uh, the rest of the nation you can understand, but California is the bluest of blues. So she doesn't have an easy job, and she doesn't have an easy time to be doing that job. Final question for you, Phil, is the larger picture for the Democrat Party, certainly going into midterms this year, but then ramping up into 2024 in the next presidential election. Her position right now and public perception within the party, how great a concern is this for Democrats if, say, Joe Biden does not choose to run again and the vice president is so unpopular with such a little body of, of work to and a story to tell the American people. You're all of a sudden looking at having an incumbent president not wanting to run, an unelectable vice president. Now you have to start looking at the Pete Buttigieg's and who is the uh, up-and-coming young Democrat governor who can perhaps take a message or who is in the Senate that is is set to pull the magic out of the hat like Barack Obama did before uh, 2008. Uh, is this a great problem that the Democrats are are not really tackling with the urgency they probably should? Well, first of all, the Democrats, <laughs> you know, they can't tackle anything. It's I mean, I gotta well. say, If the Democrats were a football team, it would be one where the the offensive line, when the ball snaps, turns around and attacks the quarterback. Okay, so right, they'd be they'd be the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, no, <laughs> even worse. <laughs> they have no problem. You know, I'm going to sack the quarterback. Well, you're on your own right. team, yeah, but I don't think you should be there. But look, there is always going to be this this sort of shuffling, this anxiety. That's what politics is, and politics is this is is turned into a national business. It's you know four year runs for presidency and all that. Uh, Yes, there is concerns. Uh, there are also, you know, concerns right now. And it's be, the question is, does Joe Biden serve out the full term? I mean, mm. that, you know, the health issues. I mean, it's just out there. I mean, so let's say if he if he doesn't for any reason and she becomes president, that changes the equation. And politics is, you know, is always up for changes and changes. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, is that anxiety there? Is that move to try to replace them? Always. The competition within the party is always fierce and such. But yes, there is anxiety about that. 
Uh, part of that is, you know, they want to lay blame on whatever defeats are coming up, and they're going to have to bear the brunt of that. But, you know, in a minute and in a heartbeat, American history has proven things can change. So I always keep an eye on it. I find it, you know, interesting. All the machinations, you know, like like without Harris, who's next? Is it Buttigieg or is it Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom's not running for president, but he's standing right by the stage if something falls. Uh, but so in America, it can all change in an instant. And, you know, in the Bay Area, it can change as well. So that's why we watch it, and that's what keeps it moving. Phil Mateer, our insider at KCBS Radio. You hear him every morning at 7.50, every afternoon at 5.50. Phil, we appreciate it as always. Thank you, sir. Okay. And thank you for listening. New episodes of Bay Current are out every day, and we'd love to be part of your daily routine. Please subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, just about anywhere you listen. And we're on YouTube on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.